On today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, we make a definitive ranking on where Kyler Murray stands this week. Plus, we also go through our playoff predictions for week 14, including Matthew Stafford's post-Patricia explosion, Tyler Lockett's bounce back, and all the fringe receivers you can trust this week. We also give you our million-dollar lineup, which this week is going to be a $2 million lineup, and an ode to people named Toby. Stick around. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Are you guys ready for a fun fact? Yes. Yeah. Okay, this comes to us from Mike. The fingerprints of a koala bear are so indistinguishable from human beings that they have on occasion been confused at crime scenes. <laughs> How many human koala crime scenes are there going That's, on? That was my question. How often has this happened? Is there a database of koalas? How often are koala bears <laughs> involved in crime? <laughs> Just like a bunch of koala bandits. All right. Well, speaking of crimes, we're trying to keep Kyler Murray's fingerprints off your fantasy losses right now. Ooh, nice. So I mean, we know we've, we've, we've gotten into Russ and Kyler a bit, but we're still getting a lot of emails and we just want to settle this once and for all. We're going to go through just a quick name game. I feel like Kyler is the biggest question for fantasy playoffs. So we're going to go to a quick name game of who you guys would and would not start over Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to go through our gut-gut bolds. We're a little worried about Kyler because his like there's been reports that his shoulder is injured. He's not running as much. Um, his running attempts per game have gone way down. His Honestly, fantasy, screw the reports. We've watched right. watch him play. The man is injured. He's, he's handing the ball off rather than running. Um, and that floor, that rushing floor that he had throughout the first, you know, like seven or ten games, I guess, or whatever it was, was just so exceptional. That's what made him a, like an a amazing fantasy option. And now it's just basically his passing, which has been really hit or miss. So, and his three games since the shoulder injury are the worst three games he's had all season, basically. And he's going up against the New York Giants, who have been really good. They they just kind of stymied Russell Wilson, yep, and. Yep. Um, you know, if you have Kyler for your fantasy playoffs in week 14, obviously this is winner go home time. 
So if you're kind of peeking over to the waiver wire and you see some guys, we're going to try and help you make that decision. So I couldn't hear you before, Craig. Did you say the Giants have been really what? <laughs> They've been good. They've been solid. Oh, great. They've okay, been I just fine. want to make sure I heard that right. All right, so Kyler, let's just go through the top here. So the, the, the creme de la creme. Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, we're not even going to talk about it, right? I mean, if you have right. them both, I mean, what you have, we, I don't want to be hearing from you if you have both those guys' as options. <laughs> Josh Allen. I mean, yes, right? He's playing against the Steelers, yeah. though. I, I, I would play Josh over Murray. Okay. Yep. Russ. He's going yeah. against yeah. the Jets, so it's obviously, yeah. right? Russ hasn't been good, but he hasn't been as bad as Kyler. Okay. And it's because of the, exactly because of the opponent this week, I think it's the big thing. The Jets. Deshaun Watson going against the Bears. Yeah. Yes. Easy. You have to, yeah. Herbert going against the Falcons. I think so. Yes. Lamar against the Browns. The only reason why I stop here is because the weather is supposed to be bad. And I know Lamar's not like slicing people up with his arm lately anyway, but if it's like some rainy, muddy mess, I still go Lamar. I would too. 42 degrees and raining on Sunday Ugh. in Cleveland. What is with the Cleveland weather? What the hell? I thought Weather Planet was supposed to be getting hotter. Wasn't yeah. the rain supposed to stop? I guess I would still go with Lamar, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Tom Brady. So he's got he's playing Minnesota. And they're coming off a bye. Hmm. He's probably feeling good. He's probably got the vaccine by now. He's a little older. <laughs> <laughs> he's old enough to qualify. <laughs> this might be kind of hot, but I think I lean Brady. I mean, I think I'm kind of I, I'm bullish about Brady this week because the Vikings can't really pressure and I'm kind of dubious yeah, and Brady's just can't been rush the passer man day and night without pass rush and I'm pretty I'm pretty interested about I mean you know it's almost a little too neat and tidy but them having the the bye week to get their shit together in Tampa Bay not getting the pressure I'm kind of I, I think I might go Brady over Kyler is yeah. that crazy I think I, I agree do. no I agree I think I, I'm I'm with you the only thing that worries me just the slightest bit about Brady is Evans Mike Evans has not practiced uh the last two days because of a hamstring injury I believe so he is questionable going into this week. I'm not sure if that even matters, though, to be honest. All yeah. right, Taysom Hill. At Philly. Who's probably going to play for the Saints. I'm going to. I'm going Hill. Good God. You're not? He's gone. He's uncomfortable. <laughs> he doesn't want to say it. I think this is where I'm starting to waver here. Taysom? Hi, Fitz, what do you think? Like, I would go Taysom so, Hill. If he's playing, I want Taysom Hill in. He's put up 24, 18, and 23. Here's the difference to me. He Kyler had 85 has rushing rush five times. So, here's the, so Kyler said this to reporters this week. So Damon Heward, of all people, remember like th like Damon Heward, the old backup quarterback guy? Oh, yeah. Apparently, he called out Kyler this week. Anyway, the point is Kyler responded, and he told a whole gaggle of reporters, my shoulders, quoting Kyler here, my shoulders fine. As far as running the ball goes, it's pretty obvious if you watch the game that if the opposing defenses make me hand the ball off, I have no choice but to hand the ball off. I don't know what you want me to do. Do you want me to pull it and run into like a defensive? Charles off. They're making me hand the ball, so that's what I have to do. And it's true. It's what we're talking about. The early parts of the season, he was running all the time, and now defense is kind of recommitted to having him hand the ball off because they're not as afraid of Kenyon Drake breeding them as Kyler. Although Drake, and that's why Drake's numbers have been a lot better recently. So I think the question is how the Giants are going to handle him. I'm just confident Taysom Hill is probably going to get more carries than Kyler in this game. So I would pick Hill, actually. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I guess probably I the guess line so. for me, though. Let me throw out a few more just, and you guys can say, like Matt Ryan against the Chargers. No, I want Kyler. Matt Stafford against the Packers. I like Stafford a lot this week. Or Cousins at Tampa Bay. No, I want Kyler Cousins has over. been balling lately. I, I take and not only that, the Bucks in the last five weeks have given up the most points to quarterbacks. This is where we go through the line of like, 
You are you really going to spend the next six <laughs> months of your life thinking about yeah. how you lost your fantasy playoffs because you started Kirk Cousins over Kyler Murray? Kirk is the guy where it's like, no, I can't. I I won't be able to sleep at night anymore if I get this wrong. Okay, so, so but like to be honest, in reality, most teams probably don't have two quarterbacks on their team. If they do, then good job, like preparing for the future. But the guys that are going to be on the waiver wire are guys like Cousins, potentially Stafford, maybe. Philip Rivers, who's playing the Raiders, Derek Carr going up against Indianapolis. You're not starting any of those guys over Kyler Murray, who got you to this point, right? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Look, I, I I love the Giants, but it's not like the Giants are some invincible foe. And also, let's let's be let's remember here: it only takes one run for Kyler Murray to to completely like give the floor back, just because he hasn't been running yeah. as much the last few weeks. It only takes one little 20-yard scamper to completely get him back into where, where you need him to be. So, so I, Hi, Fitz, how do you feel about the Giants-Cardinals game in general? The Giants, over the last five weeks, have allowed the third-least points to quarterbacks. Yeah, so here's the thing. It's On one hand, that's true. On the other hand, it's like the list is Russell Wilson, which is the one we're all remembering. And then before that, who did they play? They played the Bengals with... I mean, Brandon Allen, and then it was like Washington with Alex Smith. It's not the finest group of quarterbacks they were right, playing before right. the Seahawks. So that's the caveat. I would say that the Giants defense has been good for a while, like when they played the Bucks on Monday Night Football, and they almost won They almost won that game. It came down to like the last play of the game. That was legit. That game is included in the last five weeks ranking. It's Brady, it's Alex Smith, it's Carson Wentz, it's the, whoever the Bengals quarterback was, and it's Russell Wilson. It's not the worst. I mean, it's pretty average. They're good, but they're not. I'm I'm a little worried of going too far the other way here and pretending that they're mm. invincible and you should bench Kyler Murray because they're awful. So I er, so we're essentially saying you have to start him. There's no one in the waiver wire we yeah. like. Taysom Hill is likely not yeah. on the waiver wire. You got to play him. Oh God, you I think to. like I yeah I I agree. I think you play him, assuming that none of those guys that we like more are still out there, or you have him on your roster. If you do have those any of those guys that we liked more on your roster, then I think it does make sense to go for it, but. I'm not just picking up some rando on the waiver wire and starting him over Kyler. I, I'm not that low on Kyler at this point. The one guy I'd throw out there is, how do we feel about Tannehill or Kyler Murray? You think, is Tannehill out there? Well, no, he's probably not out there. Yeah. Well, you never know. If he is, yeah, I would go Tannehill then. But I doubt he is. Okay. All right, so you're probably going to have to play Kyler Murray. Sorry. Pretty and much. He'll probably be great, and the Giants will probably just, lose it. I'll be sad. So, it'll, so yeah, know, if you're thinking about fun. Kirk or if you're thinking about Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, don't do it. Okay. Let's get into gut gut bolds for the week. Playoff yeah. week. Playoff gut gut bolds here. So this is a big deal. DK, mm. channel, get in sync with the Earth's <laughs> circadian rhythm. I've been eating a lot of yogurt to try and get like my gut right. What's the you got uh, all your? Do you have all your crystals? Oh, your probiotics. Yeah, yeah. The probiotics. No, because you, you know your what gut I mean? like, bacteria. This is important. You need diverse gut bacteria, and they mm -hmm, actually think yeah. that that's a huge part of digestive issues and even weight loss. I learned a lot about this when I had a kid because. Like, it's very good for your kids to have, a, I don't know what it is, a diverse, <laughs> a lot of bacteria in their gut because it's, like, very good for their a human like, is, whole body. You giving Calvin little scoops of dirt? <laughs> well, that's part him. of the reason. Like, people, like, whatever, just let him eat whatever because <laughs> yeah, it's good. Right. <laughs> eh, it's a worm. That's why I <laughs> eat, like, not, shit. As long as they're not going to choke on it, it's fine. Um, but anyways, <laughs> I get my gut right, and I feel good this week about the, none other than J.D. McKissick for, the, for Washington because... And I wouldn't have said this if Antonio Gibson hadn't injured his toe, but it does not look like he's going to play this week. And the the uh, Washington had been trending towards Gibson as like their main guy. He was getting a lot more work. He was obviously breaking out in terms of his fantasy points and all that. And McKissick was falling into the background. But with Gibson out, 
it's going to be a rotation with him and Peyton Barber, and he's going to be getting, at least in half PPR and PPR leagues, far more valuable um, usage in the passing game. If you go back five games, over the last five games, he has a 24% target share, which is best among all running backs, according to airyards.com. He has the second highest whopper, which is weighted opportunity rating, among all running backs in that stretch. He had 10 targets last week against Pittsburgh. He carried the ball five times for eight yards. That doesn't really matter. Obviously, he's not going to be a big part on the ground, big part of the ground game. But, I mean, just he's basically a receiver in that offense. And you get those target, you get that target share, you get the, you know, as much as Heifetz hates it, man, he's going to get these swing passes that are going to get you points, and those get those will build up over the game. I think it gives him a good floor. So I'm going 12-plus half PPR. I'm starting him in a few leagues this week, and I'm really hoping for the best. Yeah, I think you should start him too because he's the man who's broken PPR leagues. He's going to have 11 <laughs> catches for 45 <laughs> yards and get you 16 points. The perfect example of Heifetz's hatred of PPR. It's just, I, to be clear, I don't actually hate J.D. McKissick. He's actually kind of an exciting player. I just, there's nobody that you're watching. <laughs> no, I, I can't remember the last player who I remember thinking is having less of an impact on the actual flow of the game while racking right, reports. Right. And he does get first downs. I don't want to completely belittle his impact, but this is a, this no, is a, I get begrudgingly, that. I'll admit I like this one. All right. So, uh, yeah, 12 plus half PPR. Greg, what's your gut call of the week? I'm going with Michael Pittman is startable this week. He Ooh. should be on your fantasy playoffs team. So the Colts are playing Oakland. The Colts, I should say, because I, I can't shake them. Also, they're not Oakland. Uh, oh, yeah. Crap. Sorry. Uh, Vegas. Bay Area bias. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Pittman, last four weeks, was really good, right? He's looking pretty promising. He had like two back-to-back 15-point weeks. Everybody was kind of like, this is the next rookie wide receiver is going to take off. And then he had two slow weeks because T.Y. Hilton, you know, shook off his rust and mm. kind of put in two great weeks. But I, I don't know. I mean, I think they can coexist, one, especially against the Raiders who are giving up like the fourth most points per game in the league. Also, during this T.Y. Hilton, like, comeback period, Pittman's only had two less targets than him. So it's not like he's completely... Um, falling off the face of the earth. He had like a drop or two last week that kind of made his stat line look worse. He's still the biggest player for the Colts. Like on the mm-hmm. field, he's going to be a red zone target. Um, I just wouldn't be worried. I think you should stick with him as your your wide receiver three or your flex this week. Two weeks ago, in week 12, he had nine targets and only had two catches. So the yeah. volume is still there. It's just Or he sucks. No, he doesn't suck. He's good. <laughs> no, he no, he has been good. I like this too. I actually think <laughs> Philip Rivers is like a, a, could have a pretty sneakily good game. And Rivers has been sneakily good. Yeah. So I I, so, I like this one. So I'm going with uh, also 12 half PPR points. Sweet. I think Miles. So on your note for flexing and should be started, Miles Gaskin, Dolphins running back. You should. It, I think he's the top 20 running back this week. I think that you can pretty safely play him. I mean, he got 21 carries last week coming off injured reserve. I mean, it's amazing to me how the Dolphins just trust this guy so much he is he's young he's like what is he a rookie seventh rounder but miles gaskin just gets all their goal line carries he just and and also convert them well not yet but (laughs) the dolphins don't want to be passing in the in the goal line situations it's so clear to me that brian flores seems to have kind of issued a ver- verdict of like we are not throwing interceptions in the end zone like they're pu- they're putting the ball on the ground he gets a lot of height so it's not just getting a lot of carries it's that when they're in the goal to go situations miles gaskin's getting the ball yeah and i love that because they're going against the chiefs so i think that the, the, first of all the dolphins 
played a lot better in this. Their offense played a lot better in the second half last week. They went to like this kind of up-tempo, faster pace offense to get Tua going, and it worked. He had like 160, 170 passing yards just in the third quarter, and obviously when the offense is moving, that's a good thing. So Gaskin, he lined up as a receiver one play, like out wide. He had a big catch. I like his ability to stay on the field. I think that the Dolphins have a better-than-you-think chance to stay in this game with Kansas City, and I really like Miles Gaskin's chances for a touchdown in this game. So I think he's super flexible. Well, I mean, well, I don't know if he's flexible, but you should flex <laughs> I know what him. You're <laughs> I assume he's flexible. He's he a does an amazing, amazing amount of yoga. <laughs> Incredible. I was perusing fantasypoints.com and they have a running chart that tracks expected fantasy points. So expected fan I don't know exactly how it works, but in terms of what they put into this equation, but it's it's the amount of points you expected to get uh based on your usage in any given game. Gaskin ranks twelfth among all players. This year, among all skill players, um, and that's so wild. I think yeah, that tracks so that, with the goal line carries, though. Yeah, and, and he's actually not getting; he's not hitting his expected fantasy points. He's one of the one. He was one of the players that falls short, and I think it's a lot based on the fact that he's just been stuffed at the goal line a bunch of times. So, like you said, it ha- it, it could come this week in bunches, um, but I really like him too, just based on the fact that you're guaranteed to get a lot of carries. Um, well, not guaranteed, but he could get hurt, I suppose. But you're you have a good chance. I don't want to. I don't want someone to like quote me on that. You know, dark nihilist, um, Danny. I think most people who have Miles Gaskin on their team are starting him, right? Who's? I mean, he puts up like twelve or more every game. We got a couple emails this week questioning. I'm just saying he's got. I, I think he's got to be in your flex if you're thinking. He's not about a name. It. He's not a big name. And no, he's not. He came back and played, but they had a lot of injuries last week. I think there is some validity to this being a gut call because like we don't really know exactly how this Dolphins backfield is right. going to like, line and, up. And so. I think any team playing the Chiefs, maybe like a fantasy manager gets nervous to think it's going to be a blowout. Gaskin won't get a lot of carries. So I, I could see people debating sitting him. Heifetz, what's your benchmark here? What are his numbers? I just said top 20 running back, but I mean, oh, I'd be yeah. happy to just instead no, just no, play no, like goal fine. line touchdown and be like, screw it, to, you know, put it, stick it to DK. No, no, whatever you want, man. Top 20 RB, sure. Sure. That was so passive aggressive. You're saying you want to say? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, that's totally fine, man. Good for you. Mr. Kelly, you're up. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to stick with players that probably annoy Heifetz for being good <laughs> fantasy players, but Jamison Crowder of the Jets. I thought you were going to say Marquise Brown. Oh, no, I'm off that. He's in the book. I'm done with that. He has been pretty good the last two weeks. I'll you mean Bakersfield but. Brown? Although I also kind of like North Hollywood Brown, as suggested by our what writer colleague, the, Riley McAtee. What was the... F- yeah, what like if he has Florida, a decent game. What was the Florida the Flo- town that uh, uh, Kevin, Kevin gave Clark us? suggested? It was, uh, oh my God. <laughs> it, was something, it was something so like awful Shit, sounding. It was hilarious. Oh, was it an old town? We'll come back to it. Anyways, so for Crowder this week. Crowder kind of, he to me, he was really good at the beginning of the year. He got a hamstring injury, ended up missing a few games. And then when he came back, he was very unreliable. He had like two really bad games and I kind of went off of him. I'm like, okay, this offense has changed when he was away. Now they have Perryman. Now they have Mims. They're pushing the ball down the field. And I was just like out on Crowder. And then of course, last week he came back and had two touchdowns. But the thing that worries me is they still wasn't getting a ton of targets last week. Um, He just got, I think he had like four targets. He had two touchdowns, so it's just a little iffy. But now with Mims out, Mims has a personal issue this week. I'm not sure. I haven't heard what it is, but he's going to miss this game. And I think that makes Crowder really interesting against the Seahawks defense who that, I mean, the Seahawks defense has improved. It's still not great. And traditionally in, in Pete Carroll's whole 
like spiel is don't get beat deep. Don't let players beat you deep. Keep everything in front. So I think that Crowder's is going to get peppered. I think the plan is going to be, you know, let make him dump it off, rally to the ball, tackle. And that's kind of like their thing. And so also probably the Jets' new philosophy too. Don't get beat deep. <laughs> yeah, I, I would think so. So, anyways, yeah, I think I'm guessing, you know, based on everything we know, I, I, I'm, one, I'm one of those Seahawks fans who's like, even this game worries me, but I'm guessing the Seahawks <laughs> are going to take a big lead early on and then it's going to be a lot of garbage time for Darnold. And so that to me makes Crowder another, like, it just makes me feel better about Crowder. So I'm taking, going back to last week, I'm taking the over on his 9.5 projection this week on, on Yahoo in half PPR. Okay. I like that too. Also, the, the random Florida town that Kevin Clark suggested was named Palatka. Oh. <laughs> and then also there was Spuds. Oh, Spuds. Spuds. Actually, Spuds is a good one. Spuds, Spuds. Brown. So S- S- Marquis Spuds Brown. <laughs> kind of like Spuds. that, actually. Although I like North Hollywood. Brown. I unironically like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you got JD McKissick and Jamison Crowder, DK, Craig. The PPR gods, or half PPR, I guess, in this case. But yeah. <laughs> Nothing like picking a jet to take you to the promised land. I'm going it, with, I, uh, I think Alan Lazard is playable this week versus Ooh, Detroit. You and Alan Lazard. This is good because I have Alan Lazard and I'm waffling on playing him or not. Convince me. All right. I mean, we'll see how I can do here. So they're they're playing Detroit, <laughs> who's been just kind of getting eviscerated on all fronts, really. Lazard's been, he's been okay, right? He's been getting worked back slowly. He had that like muscle core injury or whatever. So last week he played like 70% of the snaps. It was his highest since he got hurt, which is a great sign. But yeah, this is just a big spot for Green Bay. Uh, Yeah, the Lions are giving up the second most points to wide receivers. Valdez Gantling has kind of like faded into the background as like the third option. Lazard had 50 yards last week. He had a touchdown the week before that. I just think this is going to be a high scoring game. And Lazard Mm -hmm. is a, a huge target for Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's had four targets, six targets, four targets in his uh, three games back, and that's with limited playing time. I kind of just think it's only going to continue increasing. I think, like, throughout the playoffs, Lazard could end up being, like, a like a guy he was last year where, like, he's just, like, a player that you can have at your wide receiver three or four spot, and I think it maybe starts this week. You know how we've been talking? I feel like I've been complaining to you guys about how Deontay Johnson's a sloppy player. Like, he just makes a few mistakes, has a dropper here, like, every, every game, and it just makes me worried. MVS mm. is like Deontay Johnson, oh, but worse. It, every yeah. game, he gets these opportunities to make a big play. He had that one big game where he had two ca- two touchdowns, and then every other game, it's like almost makes a big play or like has an opportunity to make a big play and drops it or whatever. It's just like he just can't get out of his own head. He can't get out of his own way. And yeah. I just think they're going to start going away from him at this point. They have to. And and so this is why I do. I agree. I like, I like Lazard. Um, I think Me- Megan Schuster, big Packers fan at the Ringer, is just absolutely sick of MVS. Like just, just the most inconsistent <laughs> player. He's just yeah. so infuriating to a lot of Packers fans. I'm going with double digit points for Lazard. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house, everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The over-under, I'm looking at this, and in the Green Bay-Detroit game is 55. So that's pretty solid. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, sticking with that game for the same reason as you just the said. Highest DK, one this week, I think, actually. For the same reason, I actually I think Matt Stafford's a really good play this week. If you're if you have him on you your bench, you kind of been. Oh, I did good. I I I, in, I hacked into it. I hacked yeah. into your shit. Like you're the company that got hacked in California this week. <laughs> Anyways, that's neither here nor there. I like Matt Stafford for a lot of reasons. One, this is the highest over under the week, but also just the Lions just really seemed freed by the weight of Matt Patricia last week. Patricia obviously is like a defensive awesome. coach. <laughs> Daryl Bevel goes in a DK. I think you kind of mentioned this, but Daryl Bevel runs this, this offense. And then Matt Stafford throws for 400 yards again, or if, I, I don't know if it was the first time he did it all season, but the offense was kind of reversion to last it year is. when the lions were one of the most aggressive downfield passing attacks. Like for all the stuff about Jameis and Jameis was throwing the ball downfield last year for the Buccaneers. The Lions actually had the farthest pass on average. Like the Lions, Matt Stafford's passes on average are traveling almost 11 yards downfield, which is really far. Yeah. And then last last week, it was kind of a throwback to that, no pun intended. And I, I just like that they're aggressive again. I think that's really good for Stafford's numbers. And then this game, the Packers, defense, the Packers offense is going to be putting up numbers in Detroit. So the Lions are going to have to throw game script-wise anyway, and now they want to be throwing. So I just think that's a really good mix to be trusting Stafford again. It, it, it's not so much based on past performance as much as this is like a recency bias that I think is approved. Like you're allowed to use this recency yeah. bias. So I, I like Stafford this week. I think he's a top 12 quarterback and you can stream him if you're not worried about what to do. I, I put the exact same thing as you top 12 oh, really? <laughs> versus Packers. Um, so let me ask you, you fellas, this Stafford versus Kyler. You're unequivocally taking Kyler. That's why I waffled before when you said it. Kyler's probably like the QB 11 if, if Stafford's the QB 12 this week. You know what I mean? Like, I'd still probably mm -hmm. go with Kyler because of his rushing floor, even though he's rushing less. Yes. But it's close. I mean, I think it's reasonably close. DeAndre Swift looks like he's going to be back. Galladay, I don't know. Still, I don't think Galladay, I think he's out. I'm going to throw some stats at you. Uh, and it's this is just adding to what Heifetz said, but um, weeks one through 12, I saw this from Draft Sharks, Jared Smola. Weeks one through 12, Stafford averaged 8.7 yards, uh, average depth of target. So he's throwing, his targets averaged 8.7 yards downfield. 10% of his passes were 20 yards plus downfield. This last week, his ADOT was 13.8, so nearly double, and his Number of his percentage of passes, uh, his passes, his his percentage passes. of passes, uh, was twenty percent, so more than double, twenty one point four percent, so more than double. So in other words, yeah, they their offense changed. It it could be, you know, it's a small sample clearly, and yeah, it's there's a game. Some, you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> it was it was this was a change, a shift from what they had been doing earlier in the season. I think it's hilarious reading a lot of the stuff that is coming from the players this week about how much fun it is. Like, Adrian Peterson today was like, football's fun again. And, <laughs> like, the beat reporters at, for, for Detroit were talking about how Bevel all last week were preaching about playing with enthusiasm and joy. How much did it just fucking suck to play for Patricia? Everybody hates that guy. You know the stories that come out about Bill Belichick where it's like, well, he yells at Tom Brady and then everyone else gets in line. It seems like yeah. that was all Matt Patricia learned about working under Tom uh, Bill Belichick just was yell, you have to yell at people and then everyone else gets in line. Like that was his <laughs> loud main noises. Loud, exactly. <laughs> One more thing that I want to add to this, and I, I don't know exactly how much this matters, but we were talking about how uh, Trubisky has historically gone ham against against the Lions in his career. And I know that T.Y. Hilton ha historically has gone off against the Texans in his career. Uh, Matt Stafford has 
done really well against the Packers in his career, at least in his last five seasons. So I looked it up. His last two games against Packers haven't been great, um, but I kind of feel like that's maybe the Patricia factor at play here. Mm. Um, Over the last five seasons, Stafford has 16 touchdowns and three picks against the Packers only. 108 rating. That's eight games. He's averaged 8.9 yards per attempt in those games and almost 300 yards per game against the Packers. Mm. He averages 19.6 points per game against the Packers in in those eight games. In that same time frame against all other opponents, 16.3 fantasy points per game. So he's just been better against the Packers. Then all well, I don't know if he's, I don't know if it, it would be better than every other team, but like I just looked up the Packers and he has pretty damn good numbers. That would take a long time for me to search every single team, so I didn't do that. Well, well next week check back in. <laughs> okay. All right. So what's your bold? What's your bold call, DK? So this is since we had the same Stafford one. I'm going to switch this to my bold call, and I'm kind of this one's going out on a limb because we'd have no clue if it's actually if Curtis Samuel's even going to play. So. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are on the COVID list right now. DJ Moore reportedly tested positive for COVID, and and Curtis Samuel was a close contact that was placed on the COVID list because there was a chance, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, bottom line is Curtis Samuel may be able to play. This is Thursday afternoon. And so if he doesn't play, then obviously disregard all this. We'll find out probably on Saturday. I was going to say, if he doesn't play, I'm going to hold you accountable. (laughs) Okay. That's fine. I'll I'll take it. Um, This is why it's bold. But... I'm just guessing Curtis Samuel, huge game. If DJ Moore is out, he essentially becomes the number two or the 1A or 1B, I guess, with Robbie Anderson. And he's had double-digit points in five of the last six games. So he's already been good. So go big here. I'm going to say 20-plus if he's in there. Oh, that, that is huge. Here's the thing. This is a crazy situation with the Panthers right now because McCaffrey now is dealing with a thigh injury. So on top yeah, of the high his ankle sprain. Quad. On top of the shoulder. Now he's got the thigh injury. He might not play this weekend. So if he doesn't play, then we don't know what the deal is with Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. And let's just say for a second that DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel don't play. The Panthers have six guys with more than six catches this year. <laughs> like if three of those guys are McCaffrey, Samuel, and DJ Moore and they don't play, this is such a nuts spot for DJ this is Moore. A weird game. Or sorry, for for Mike Davis and Robbie Anderson and any of the Panthers who do play if the others are out. I, I'm watching this closely. Obviously, odds are DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel do play, but we don't know. But anyway, just keep keep an eye no, on the DJ Moore's situation. not gonna play. DJ sorry, Moore will out. not play. Curtis Samuel has a chance to play based on mm-hmm. if he gets a few negative tests in the next few days, I think. And so and and they're going up against Denver, whose defense has been good this year, but they they're pretty banged up right now on defense. And like, listen, like for your fantasy playoffs, like you're not not starting Robbie. You're probably starting Robbie Anderson, even if the entire Panthers. I'm play. saying that there's a tremendous opportunity for the Panthers who are on the field because what because what DK said about the Broncos secondary being out. Because I feel like the Panthers aren't a team that's really spreading the ball out beyond their top six guys, even when those guys are out of the game. They're spreading COVID out, not the ball, though. <laughs> Jeez. I thought you were going to say bold take is that Tom Brady has the vaccine. I liked what Craig said earlier. That was That's a good bold. Yeah, so AJ Boye, uh, the Broncos, one of the Broncos' good cornerbacks, starting cornerbacks, he got suspended this last the week. The Will Fuller, so. um, the Will Fuller muscle, uh, what do we call it? Muscle lubricant? Uh, no, muscle lubricant? hydration. Muscle, muscle hydration? hydration. Yeah, there you go. You learn <laughs> learn to run good. Hydrate your hammies. <laughs> Hydrate the hammies. There we go. So that that's my bold call. It's I mean he might not even play. So obviously, if you're listening to me right now, 
check back on Saturday afternoon, maybe Sunday morning to see if he's even playing. And if he's not playing, or if it's Des Bryant situation, check like 15 minutes before the game because you never know. Seriously, that if you're weird. not checking your lineup on Saturday night and Sunday morning, and you're in the fantasy playoffs, I have nothing to say to you. <laughs> Craig is not going to be your point. friend. If that's Craig, the case. speaking of which, what's your bold? He has too many friends. Call? Yeah, Craig, you have so <laughs> many friends. You're just like, oh, you can't even take any anymore. Oh, goodness. Sorry, I'm a little on edge today. SDSU is playing Arizona State tonight. You know, it's going to be a big basketball game. SDSU is ranked 24th. He's on edge. Arizona State's 23rd. <laughs> big game, road game. Sorry, I'm just on edge. Hope they win. That's fair. That's fair. Anyway, I'll allow it. My bold. Mike Williams of the Chargers. Mm. Going up against Atlanta, 15-plus fantasy points is my bold prediction. I think you should start Mike Williams this week. I can tell your mind is elsewhere because you're saying start Mike Williams in the fantasy playoffs. Listen, man, he's been up and down, sure. He's been hurt. But, like, listen, three of the last eight weeks, he's had more than 15 points. I know that's not amazing, but he's averaged around five targets the last six games. He's, like, coming on of late a little bit. Like, this Atlanta Charger game is interesting in general because there's a lot of recency bias, I imagine, because the Chargers got blowtorched by the Patriots. <laughs> That's the and, word. And Belichick, <laughs> like... What was the word that we used to say last year that the hyphens just oh, hated? Oh, I, I remember. I didn't want to say it. Oh, I don't remember. What was it? No, it was cremated. cremated. <laughs> blowtorched. <laughs> Which I fucking hate. Blowtorched is yeah, fine. So cremated. Be- Belichick literally cremated... He cremated the, the Chargers offense. But literally, he like switched up you know, defensive schemes. Herbert had no idea what was going on. They're going up yeah. against Atlanta... And so, listen, I like Herbert as well. We talked about Herbert, but Williams started out the season banged up. He had a shoulder problem. He had a hamstring problem. Since he's come back, he's been the wide receiver 35. That's not amazing, but it's a top It's a top 36 wide receiver, which is <laughs> a, a wide receiver three. Like, it's yeah. a startable yeah. wide receiver three. Right. Also, right. what does Mike D- Williams do well? He's a deep threat, right? He catches deep balls. They take shots to him. Atlanta, no team has allowed more 20-plus yard completions than Atlanta. Mm, really? I think Mike Williams this week is going to mesh perfectly with Herbert's gunslinging style. I, I think this will be like a smart start where the guy you play goes, God damn, he texts you like, Jesus Christ, dude, Mike Williams? Like <laughs> 17 points out of Mike Williams? You fucking kidding me? Like, I think it's that week. I think it's a good bounce back it's game bold. for Herbert, too. It's a good bold. Yeah. Thank you. I'm trying to get people start, sit, start you know, like borderline start sit stuff. All right. This Have is you a- guys driven past SoFi Stadium or seen it? Yeah. I've seen it from look? an airplane, and it it looks like the old Rams logo. The most amazing part of this whole thing is that the Chargers share a stadium with a team <laughs> that has the other team's logo as the shape, and then that team changed the logo so it's not the shape anymore. What are they doing? But you don't hate it. Like, it's not the Roomba Stadium. Who, where's oh, the, the Roomba Stadium? I forgot. Is that the, the one in Las Vegas? The Legion. Yeah, it's a giant-ass <laughs> Roomba. They're, seriously, Google Allegiant Stadium. It looks like a Roomba. But no, the Rams like logo. If you Google the old Rams logo, not old, like the one from like before this year. It just right. looks like SoFi Stadium. And I can't imagine a charge. Like when the Giants and Jets split that stadium, it's like a divorce. It's like everything is 50.0%. The, 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 they, they negotiate over when, what time of the week, the logos and every part of the facility changes. And the Chargers are out here playing in a Ram-shaped stadium. Let me ask you guys. If you had to like make a ranking of the teams you want to be a fan of for the next five, 10 years, who's higher, the Chargers or the Rams? Uh, five years. You're asking the wrong guy because I, you know, I grew up loving the Seahawks and the Rams for the longest time were like the Seahawks kryptonite. Even when they sucked, even when they were like a two and fourteen team, the Rams would always fucking beat the Seahawks. I think try and be objective. I think I'd rather root for the Rams because at the end of the day, they have 
Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and they're just have the star yeah, power. Yeah. Of and it's Los Angeles. It's like there's it's not like the Rams or the Lakers, but there's a Lakers Clippers dynamic forming where it's like the, the oh 100. The Chargers are a little Chargers are too cursed. It's a little more fun though to root for Herbert. The Rams are kind I of love boring. Them. I love Herbert the Chargers. I've loved the Chargers for years. And I I every year I want to root for the Chargers, but the yes. Chargers keep doing Chargers things, and it's very hard <laughs> to root for them. Well, once they get Belichick next year, it's going to be a whole different game. <laughs> this <laughs> Belichick trade. You're thing the only a person saying crackpot this. idea. Where did you get this? My father. My dad was like, Belichick, <laughs> Belichick should go to the Chargers. And I was like, That's this is funny. great. I love this. Just because you want to retire to San Diego doesn't mean Bill Belichick does. He's it, You can just run the pages from Cape Cod. Belichick would love La Jolla. I'm or Martha's Vineyard or whatever. La Jolla San is Diego. great. They San have to Diego save is the like my wall. second favorite city in this country, I think. Best the kept kelp secret. wall in La Jolla is dying. It's really sad because the sea urchins are an invasive species. They're eating the kelp, and then sharks can swim through and hunt the otters. The otters are dying because it's a whole thing. Anyway, the look sharks at save the otters? That is terrifying. Why did you tell me that? The kelp wall is a natural <laughs> barrier. That is not something I wanted to know. It's, it's okay, though, because the kelp has come... You know what? Don't worry about it. Let's just All right. my bold call for the, the week. sharks. The sharks should have definitely been a football mascot. Like it should have been the San Diego Sharks. Like that's so much cooler. In Madden, when you created a team for the longest time, the default was the Tiburones, like that? the LA like shark in Spanish. Oh, oh. which I, I thought was pretty brilliant. Like, why did San Jose's hockey team get the sharks? Like, wh what's up with that? Sharks are like the most badass like animal in the in the animal. Like sharks San are Jose older than trees we talked about this but like yeah. san jose is just like you know what we get sharks and everyone's like you're good you got I it i just can't <laughs> believe the anaheim's the ducks because mighty the, the mighty ducks was made by disney and they're an orange cat i think that's crazy i know that is crazy all right anyway should we back up to football yeah probably right. okay my where bold did, for where the did week. that come from i can't even remember i don't know that was we like an explosion that was like a clay thompson eruption of just tangents <laughs> Um, <laughs> 37 points in eight minutes. Of 37, yeah. 37 tangents. Okay. My bowl for the week, Tyler Lockett, top 10 receiver. We've been talking about how Tyler wow. Lockett okay. is borderline This is not startable. that bold. This is crap. You're this not in this platoon. top 10 receiver. No. You're not in this platoon. I think, here's the deal, and I, I hate to defend Heifetz on this because normally I like to just pile on. Um, <laughs> however, we were talking about benching Tyler Lockett like literally Days last ago. episode. Yeah. So to yeah, me, this, this is kind of bold. But maybe that's just Heifetz setting like setting the stage to make it seem bold so he can get it right. Tyler Lockett. Listen, Tyler Lockett is the wide receiver nine on the season. <laughs> I understand and you're that, saying but he's going to stay because that. he had that fifty. He had the two hundred yard game with the three touchdowns. But since that game, since that game, he's got five points, six points, nine points, seventeen points, four points, nine points. That's not many points. So <laughs> people are now wondering: Should I? Even play Tyler Lockett. Now, I understand it's going against the Jets. This is a little obvious, but I'm saying I just want to be emphatic in my confidence in him. And it's not just because they're the Jets, but it's specifically because when we talk about Wilson and Lockett having this great connection, obviously DK Metcalf has kind of usurped Lockett as the number one option in the offense. But Russ, when he scrambles around, he's trying to, it's not just for no purpose. They're trying to basically take the rules that the other defense plays with and break them by expanding the play. And that is what him and Lockett are so good at, is knowing not just that the defense will break down, but how and why it will break down and therefore where you need to go. 
Yeah. That's harder against disciplined defenses. The teams that the Seahawks have struggled against in this stretch are disciplined defenses. The Niners, the Bills, the Giants. Those are the teams where they've been struggling to get Lockett going. The Cardinals, they've had no problem. They played him. That's the 17-point game where he also had the 200-yard game against the Cardinals. His also best game since then has been against the Cardinals. The Jets may have fired Greg Williams but they are no longer a disciplined defense just because he's gone. They have not gained discipline in the last six days. Their cornerback situation is pretty bleak, too. I was actually just I was scrolling through trying to see if there was any information on Tyler Lockett's injury. Because uh, there, there, he's been a little bit banged up, um, and so I was a little bit worried about that. But I saw this stat. He's he has actually fourth in the NFL in end zone targets this year. Yeah, I think this is a I think this is a great spot for him, and I think that the specific reason he succeeds with Wilson is primed to just break the Jets this week. So I think Wilson top, to, uh, sorry, Lockett top 10 receiver. If you're thinking about benching him, don't put him in your lineup. I like that point you made. They, they, he kind of has that Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown thing of the past where like where they really showed their chemistry was when the play broke down and they kind of had that connection. They knew where one of them was going to end up. Here, here's a stat for you. Most targets, this is from PFF today. Most targets with quarterback under pressure. Stefan Diggs is first, Travis Kelsey's second, Tyler Lockett is third. And I want to I want to nerd out a little bit about the scramble rules thing that you were talking about because I think it's it's awesome and it's something that the Seahawks have been doing ever since Russell Wilson became a starter in 2012 and realized that they weren't really going to get to like get him to play a drop back in the pocket typical traditional offense and so and this isn't like they invented scramble rules but they definitely like made it a huge huge part of their focus for years. And Lockett's obviously been with Wilson for years. I can't remember what year he was drafted. You know, he's like in his fifth or sixth year. I can't remember. I think 2015. Off the top of my head. Yeah. Anyway, so they've been together for a long time. But basically, when you watch their routes, um, the receivers are taught to when Russell Wilson breaks the pocket, depending on which side he goes, which way he's running, um, they have rules. So they call it their scramble rules. And basically, wherever they are on the field, there's a rule based on which way Wilson goes. That's what they convert that route into. So, for instance, mm. if he if Lockett's running like a drag route, or no, let's say he's running just like a little slant. If he sees that Wilson, you know, he looks back for the ball, doesn't come, he sees Wilson break the pocket, he will like circle out or, or circle up and just go straight down the field. And Wilson will know where he's going because they have these rules. So it's not completely... Um, it's not all improv, in other words, because improv in general in football is bad because there's just so many missing or there's so many moving pieces. It's chaos, and sometimes good things happen from improv, but like more often than not, you're just gonna create a turnover or whatever. Um, so, anyways, I think it's great. I love I love the scramble rules. I love that the Seahawks made it a big focus in their offense. And so, like when you're watching Lockett break off his normal route and like either circle up the sideline or run upfield or come back to Wilson or whatever, um. Those are based on like the rules that they have set in that offense, and and Wilson knows exactly where Lockett's going to go because there are, you know, like a set. It's like a uh, a second play almost. How much of that is because Russ is short? And I don't mean that as a joke. It's like necessity is the mother of invention. I think there's a reason Russ is better when he's deeper in the pocket and he kind of runs back in the backfield deeper for no reason. And yeah, Baker's yeah. honestly better when he's rolling out. Like it's it. it I don't think it's an accident that Baker, Russ, and Kyler are all a lot better when they're moving, when they're rolling, when they're getting deeper, and aren't necessarily doing a lot of normal five-step drop stuff. I mean, yeah, for sure, it's it's definitely a factor. You can't see over guys who are he's got like six foot seven, six foot eight linemen in front of him. Now, a lot of times you can see through the gaps in the line, and and so mm -hmm. it like I, I do think generally speaking, like the height thing is overstated a little. Um, 
but still, yeah, I mean, he's he's been historically in his career, he has struggled passing in the short and intermediate middle of the field. That's just like not where he excels. He's awesome at passing deep down the sideline. Um, he has a big arm, so he can like hit those deep outs. Um, you know, and he can hit slants and everything, but you know, it's not I wouldn't say like the short and intermediate middle of the field is his strength. I like that. And also just to put a button to this. We got an email from someone who said, hey, Danny's and practice squad quarterback, Craig. <laughs> practice squad. Now he's not even third string. He's on the practice squad. I'm on the team. <laughs> you got the motive. But the email reads, when you guys have included Lockett in your gut, gut bolts, he has accumulated 33 targets for 24 catches and 300 yards and six wow. touchdowns. So is this guy tracking our gut, gut bolts? Because don't tell us how we did on the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for only including this one. But I just want to say, Lockett, when we include him, He's a lock. Lock it in. Lock it wow. in. I didn't even want to do oh that, boy. but there you go. Okay. Uh, is that everyone's bold? Oh, yeah. That's everyone's bold. Okay. So I got Gaskin, Stafford, Tyler Lockett. DK, you got Stafford, too. With J.D. McKissick, Curtis Samuel. Craig, you got Pittman, Lazard, Mike Williams. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Quickly recap last week's. Yeah, last week looks like a future high school dropouts math test. Good Lord. <laughs> a lot of red. Should lot we just red. go through them quickly? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So I had Allen Robinson top seven finish contract month narrative. I'm sticking with the contract month narrative. I think still it's contract month, month, baby. It's going to go I'm down this it. week. It's still contract month, baby. He did not live up to my expectations last week. You know week. what, DK, though? It was looking yards. like it. The first half, he had like 70 yards, and it was like, oh, my God. And then he, like, it was a weird role reversal. Normally, he does so well in the fourth quarter. Anyway. Yeah. Um, He's the number one non-quarterback in the fourth quarter. Well, the Bears are up by 10 in the fourth. That's why. Oh, yeah. It's, like, very bizarre. It's too bad. Um, and then I had Miles Sanders with the over on 14.02. He had 3.1 points. And, I, God damn it. And Sanders goes into the, Sanders went into the book after this. I apologize for that one. And then Drew Locke, top 12 week. That game did not go how I was expecting. And, the Broncos were like winning into like the deep third quarter. And so they basically didn't ask Locke to do much. Um, so he ended up as the QB 25. So what was wrong on that? There's nothing worse than predicting somebody who then goes into the book the week after. <laughs> yeah, that's a special that's, award. <laughs> yeah, that's like <laughs> fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Craig, how'd you do? Uh, so I said Denzel Mims had the best game of the season. I was wrong. His best game was 8.7 points. He had seven. You know. I regret joining you on this endeavor. Uh, I said Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would get 75 yards in a TD. I was wrong because the dude literally didn't play on the field. Zero um, snaps. So I don't know if we consider that like the same wrong as other wrongs, but he didn't play. And right. the last one, my bold, 
was right in spirit. I said that Trubisky and Stafford would be top 10 quarterbacks. Stafford was. He was the quarterback five. However, Trubisky was the quarterback 24, but the Detroit thing stands. He had 267 yards. He had no picks. And the Bears ran three touchdowns. Like, they got up super early. Like, mm-hmm. they were driving every single... Good. Yes, like every <laughs> single drive. Like, they marched down, got into the red zone. They just happened to run the ball three straight times for touchdowns. So, I, I stand by it. I still think that that sticks. All right. So, I said I said Duke Johnson would be top 20 running back. That was wrong because David Johnson did, in fact, come back. So, I was wrong about that. So, Duke was... You did, had- you did stipulate while we were doing this that all bets are off if Johnson plays. David Johnson plays, so... Glad David Johnson was healthy enough to play. I did say Jarvis Land should be a top 20 receiver again. That was correct. He was top 15. He had a good game. And then Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins, I said, would be outside the top 15. He was quarterback 12. But I also think that he also kind of played like shit. So despite Justin <laughs> Jefferson having a good game. But yeah, he was so three off there. But wasn't as good of a streamer as old Derek Carr, who was number one. And we did sub into our million-dollar lineup when yeah. Fitz got benched. So there you go. Speaking of which, Speaking did of which, we win a million dollars last week? We did not. No, no, we did not. Every Shit. Friday, though, we are going to make a FanDuel DFS lineup. We're playing for a million dollars because we're trying to make a million dollars a week. The year I turned 26 as the head of my own brokerage firm, I made $49 million, which really pissed me off because it was three shy of a million a week. Last week. Didn't make it, but oh, it's okay because we're going to bounce back this week. All right, we have at quarterback, Justin Herbert. We talked a little bit about Mike Williams, but we like him coming back against Atlanta. Bounce playing back. At home. Yeah. For our running back, we went big. We sp- spent a lot of money. A lot of our, our $36 that we won four weeks ago, we're spending that on Derrick Henry. <laughs> the big dog. Huge bounce what back week for the big dog. What do you mean tractor? Isn't he like L Tractor or something? Is that his nickname? Didn't, I thought, yeah. Is it not? I have no idea what his name is. I've heard is. D. Hember, like D. Henry. D. Hember. Dehember? What does that even mean? Oh, like December, but Dehember? It's yes. the big dog. The big dog. Let him eat. Let's <laughs> call him Derrick Henry. I feel like. By the way, Lance Zierling, who does scouting reports for NFL.com, he's awesome. I'll, I'll never forget one of his scouting reports. I believe it was for Leonard Fournette back in the day. It was strap on the feet, strap on the feed bag, and let him eat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like cows have like a yes, feed bag. Yes. Strap on the feed bag and let him eat. Well, Derrick Henry's going to eat all over Jacksonville this week. Uh, <laughs> I, I Sounds think gross, but okay. I think he's the best running back play of the week. Jacksonville's just been getting shredded. Our second running back is Chris Carson. Who but Chris Carson is a Glansburg. I know it's tough because he's been hurt a lot. But, dude, when Chris Carson's on the field, he's been incredible. He scores mm-hmm. like 15 to 20 points every single game. He's, you know, as healthy as Chris Carson can be, but they're playing the Jets. So if they get up early, could be good for him. He's also been kind of underrated as a receiver in fantasy. Yeah. For wide receivers, we're going Mike Williams to pair with Justin Herbert. CeeDee Lamb against the crappy... Bengals, Andy Dalton, you know, looking a little frisky. And then our final receiver is <laughs> going to be Jameson Crowder, which DK talked about against Seattle. Our tight end, we're sticking with the Herbert squad. We're going with Hunter Henry. And then our running back, we like Ronald Jones because we're listening to Bruce Arians. I don't know why we are, but we're listening to Bruce Arians. He said he <laughs> wants to get him 20 touches. And we're like, all right, sign me the fuck up. So I totally believe everything Arians says. Right. They're playing Minnesota. So he's very affordable, Rojo. I'm ready to be burned by Bruce. Maybe he'll be in the burn book next week. And then for defense, high fits, you can take it away. Who's our defense? The Giants defense. (laughs) (laughs) Thrilling. After all that, we talked about how we think you should start Kyler. However, we still like the Giants. Absolutely. They're very affordable. All right. At the end of the day, you need affordable things these times. I also think, I I think, I I think I might also 
push for us to submit a second lineup this week where we just do a Lions Packers stack because now the more I think about this, I, we need a little Lions Packers juice. They could do that too. Let's do two lineups. Let's make two million. I mean, we, <laughs> that would be two thirds of the way to getting the freaking Bugatti. So, no, I don't know if that's how it works, but okay. That is how it works. It's it's that's definitely how it works. I, I I'm almost <laughs> positive. Okay, <laughs> let's go to fantasy court. All right. This is from John. 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 Please help me, Danny DK and Craig. I am the commissioner of my 12-man league. We've been going strong for 13 years now. Wow, you could get your league to get a bar good. mitzvah. Before the season started, the vice commissioner... And I, a vice Jesus commissioner. Christ. They have a vice commissioner? <laughs> Damn, I respect you, John. Holy crap. No wonder they've been going for so long. <laughs> Before the season started, the vice commissioner and I implemented some changes to help with the whole unknown of the COVID situation. One of those changes was to add three COVID IR spots to help teams deal with players being sidelined by COVID. The idea was that we would have one normal IR spot for injured players and three IR spots for COVID players. But there has been a league member who we will call Toby who has been abusing Toby. this COVID IR spots. Toby has been stashing players that are out for the season on his COVID IR spots in the hope of keeping them for next year. This is a keeper league. He is in last place, and all he can do to make this season fun is troll the league like this. He has been warned repeatedly. I was going to freeze his team, but then he is giving easy wins to whoever plays. What should we do? So so just to you know, make sure I'm, I'm correct here, He's like adding Saquon Barkley, throwing him in his IR, and then like keeping him for next year. I think something like that. I think that this is, I wanted to highlight this case because I think this is an important case for the court. What we do with this specific person is one thing, but I think the abuse of the IR COVID spots is something that a lot of leagues have been dealing with. I know that there have been a lot of really freaking annoying arguments and group chats I've had to deal with where... Well, these IR spots were for the COVID people, and now other <laughs> IR people are... Now you kept Dallas Goddard in your IR spot for the COVID, yeah. and that's not what we agreed we would do. And then there's a whole argument, and then some people weren't checking the chat, and they're like, I'm not scrolling up to read the last 70 messages. Someone tell me what's going on. And I'm <laughs> curious what you guys think about this concept of, we created the IR spots for COVID. You've been breaking the rules. What do you do with these people? Just take the guys off the COVID IR. Just take them off. Put them back, in the, put them back on waivers. Right? Yeah. If he's breaking so. an explicit rule, just take him off those spots and put him back in the pool. One, Hyvitz, to your point, I think I think it's kind of BS. If everybody decided that like we have IR spots specifically for COVID and then somebody's just throwing non-COVID people in that IR spot, that should not count. You should not be able to do that. This is the fantasy football version of all those companies who took the PPP money. Like Chipotle was like, we're sorry, we took too much. And then they gave it back. It's like, that's this for fantasy football. It's like, we all decided to create this system where like, hey, this COVID situation's really weird. We're going to have this specific thing for this specific situation. And everyone's just trying to get their hands in the pot. It's ridiculous. So yeah, yeah let's kick the guys off Toby. the Toby. He has Toby. been warned repeatedly. <laughs> I like to tell I didn't occur to me now. I assume he called can, that because I don't know. Can you, if you can manually do it, just take those players and put, yeah. them back in the, put them back on waivers. There's also another problem here about there's kind of another argument in here, a fantasy court case about adding players who are hurt to like be a part of your keeper team. Like that is a strategy that people do. The I only thing totally is, is mo most keeper leagues, there's like a penalty for keeping people, right? Like you have to give up a draft pick or whatever. Yes. So you could, in theory, add all these injured guys, but then most likely next year, you're going to have to like incur all of these draft hits. 
And it's like, I, I guess let him have it. If he wants to have Saquon Barkley's torn ACL and whoever else, let him have it. Well, I don't think the players are as consequential as Saquon because it's a keeper league. But regardless, you shouldn't be get, getting to keep dudes who you got because of the, these COVID spots. It's ridiculous. No, but what if it wasn't a COVID spot, as I'm saying? If you just, then yeah, yeah, it's fine. You shouldn't have dropped Saquon in a keeper league. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's the thing is I actually got this from my buddy. He he asked me to kind of like do an informal ruling on it. And wait, this is from your friend? No, no, no. A oh. different. There's a different friend, different situation. Well, this John person's not my friend, but well, we're kind of friends. Maybe it's Craig's friend. Craig has so many friends. It's probably Craig's friend. John, don't lose hope. DK could be your friend. If you listen yeah. to the pod, now we're all friends. Um, no, it was basically the same deal as like the the league has like an informal rule is you can't pick up guys who are on the IR in order to keep them next year in this keeper league. Um, and he picked up Mixon, and then and he's out of the playoffs. Everyone's pissed off because like according to the league or whoever is against this, it's like against the rules to pick up this guy who's on the IR. But my point is like Mixon might be back. We don't really know that he's on the IR until next season. And therefore, I don't think this breaks that rule because he Mixon could return this year for all we yeah, he's know. He's not out for this. He hasn't been ruled out for the yeah. season. And in addition to that, I in a keeper league, if you're dropping a guy who could end up being like a first rounder next year, that's your fault. Like you should have not I dropped him. Completely agree. That's crazy. <laughs> like Why would you Mixon drop him? shouldn't be on the waiver wire. <laughs> no. So Can I had one note yeah. here about the name Toby. Yes. Yeah. The office has just destroyed that name. <laughs> it's so true. If you were named Toby. <laughs> Toby's a perfectly fine name, but dude, since the office came out, just it's kind of like the name synonymous Karen. with oh Karen's been know, destroyed yes. and like bludgeoned to death. We should do top five names that have been murdered by pop culture in the last ten years. Toby's up there. <laughs> Carrie. Siri. I feel bad for series at this point. There are no series. And also all the elections I know were kind of flattered, but that the every name in the world, Amazon chose that chose theirs. Why are That's you true. the way that you are? <laughs> <laughs> Toby. <laughs> oh my God. We apologize to all Tobys out there. We support you. Yeah, we support. No one else does, but we Toby support Toby Flenderson you. is just, he's rough. If your name is Toby, please do email us about all the times people have made the office What did you say you. the Spanish word for shark was? Tiburon. Toburon. Toby. Toblerone. I would love- Which is an love, overrated chocolate, uh, by the way. Spanish speakers to tell Hyvitz how terribly he's I was going to say, I was thinking, <laughs> I just botched it. Toblerone. I also think Toblerones are kind of good. They're just too expensive. Well, why is it shaped like that? It's so unnecessary. What, for the it's Swiss fun. Alps? It's ridiculous. It's fun little little pyramid, you know? Switch it up. I don't want to bite. You know how like, triangles are the strongest shape? They're too hard to break apart, and then I get the melty chocolate over my hands. I don't like Toblerones. It's ridiculous. You know, you know what this, just, this whole conversation just made me think about? Is what? the fact that Creed Bratton... The character on on The Office, yeah. His real his name in real life is Creed Bratton. Creed, yeah. <laughs> you, you didn't know that, dude. No. There's a lot of Phyllis is named Phyllis. Phyllis, yeah, made me laugh hard. I think the funniest. <laughs> We're so off track now. The fu my favorite Office joke is when Phyllis says, "I didn't have an orgasm till I was 42, but when I did, it lasted till I was 44." <laughs> my god <laughs> which is the yeah. hardest i've ever laughed at a television show phyllis's name is phyllis oscar's name is oscar uh angela's name is angela in real life That's oh i didn't lot. actually realize that yep yeah creed creed is like in a he's in a band i, I don't know what you'd call it it's, it's called it's, creed the band is called Gr the, the, the grass roots, roots. the grass, grass roots, roots right yeah. not yeah. the roots that's a different band yeah he's on the tonight show with fallon creed yeah. you could see him in the back 
He's hilarious. Okay, let's get the hell out of here. DK, when we do the band thing, say one of those bands. Okay. Thank you, DK. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. Thank you to everyone who slogged through that one. Good luck in the playoffs. Good luck to everyone in the playoffs. Thank you to all the Tobies out there. You're probably not that bad. And thank you, Lauren. Lauren. What would we do without you? Thank you, the grassroots. Thank you, Yeah, grassroots. Creed. All right, we'll see you guys on Monday. <laughs>